to infinity and beyond. Hello and welcome to Stuff to Watch. Out a day early this week because of the inaugural Matariki holiday. I'm James Crook, here to help you with your viewing choices over the long weekend. I'm joined today by Darren Bevan. Hello, I'm back again. They couldn't keep me away. And our first time guest, Emily Brooks. Hi James, I'm thrilled to be here. Great to have you both here. Darren, what have you been watching this week? I have been watching This Is Going To Hurt on TVNZ+. It's a medical drama. It's based on the memoir by the UK junior doctor Adam Kay, uh, which was a funny book, but also very, very bleak. It stars Ben Whishaw, who you'll know as Paddington, and also Q as junior doctor Adam, uh, working in a London hospital. And my God, this is gritty, but incredibly honest in its portrayal of a system that's falling apart as it looks at the hierarchy of hospitals, uh, mocks them and lays them raw. Hi, I'm Adam, one of the doctors. I was supposed to be having the water, but... You never know, one of the pipes might come down. Ben Whishaw is fantastic in it as he explores the pressures on a junior doctor. It's incredibly bleak as it looks at a relationship between Adam and his doctor superiors as well as his intern. A fascinating relationship that's explored. Um, an actor called Ambika Mod is fantastic as the intern. I can't really say too much about why she's great, but there are stunning moments later on from her that are really honest and raw. All of the episodes are up right now, but I really don't think for your own mental health it's good to watch it all in one go because it's a hard show to watch, but it's a vital and great show to enjoy. Emily, what did you think of it? Um, I have only had the opportunity to watch the first episode. I agree that Ben Wishaw is absolutely stunning in this role. I think he's he's a great actor anyway, and I think he brings so much pathos to everything he does that in this show, which is very bleak, but you kind of need that humanity to hang on to somewhere, and I just think he was wonderful. He's so vulnerable in it as well. You just want to reach out and give him a hug, yeah. and, uh, you just like, and then he behaves like a complete arse at certain points, and you're like, no, but and you start to realise it's the system that's failing them and the doctors that are working within it. And I know it was a riposte against really um, the Tories' rule in the UK and about the time of COVID, but there's something universal in this that really does speak to how systems generally are failing and how the doctors are doing all they can with all that they have and more. And it's just terrifying to think that every time you go into a hospital, your life is in their hands and God knows what's happened just before. Emily, your specialist subject on Mastermind today is MasterChef New Zealand. Now, obviously, it's been going for a little while, and it's back after a seven-year hiatus. And uh, this time around, they've even put it head-to-head against that slick Aussie operation. Is it any good? Look, I think that Discovery has done a great job with MasterChef this time around. I think they've brought on two very good judges in Nadia Lim and Vaughan Mabay. Nadia, I think she's she has so much empathy, obviously, herself being a former contestant for the contestants on the show. Vaughan is kind of doing the bad cop chef thing. He's doing it really well. Michael P. Durth, I don't know, he's a little bit mad. I quite like it when he gets to just go off on a ramble. He's, he's great to listen to. I want daring, passion, excellence. I want the first taste to blow me away. They're in a beautiful location in central Otago, really showcasing the best of what New Zealand has to offer. They're doing that with the food too, which I really like. But more than anything, they've cast the contestants very well this time round. I think. There's a lot of people to like. There's a few things that you might dislike about them. There's a lot of diversity in the cast, but it doesn't feel like 
people have been cast so that there can be diversity. It just feels like it's a good, you know, cross-section of New Zealand society today. I do wish that they would allow them to all get a little bit cattier with each other. I feel like they're running an almost like um, great British bake-off type, you know, everyone supporting each other and the love in the room and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I really would like to see it get a bit more cutthroat, especially now as we edge towards the finalists of the competition. But all up, I think they're doing a great job. I think that is the ethos, though, of MasterChef, is that it all is all hugs and smiles and cuddles and everybody is supportive of one another. So I think it's probably a bit hard for them to pivot in some ways. Darren, any thoughts? I just don't hear you guys talking about the food. No, it's a food show, right? <laughs> Have we lost perspective on this and it's just a reality show more than anything? Because I worked on MasterChef way, way back when it started from the sidelines and it used to be about the food. It was a little bit about the drama, obviously, because that's what reality TV is. But these days I don't see anything other than kitchen tie-ins in various supermarkets and I've yet to see any recipes launched, but that's probably being saved inevitably for the recipe book that always comes towards the end. I'm not sure that I agree that it used to be more about the food. I think MasterChef is and always has been ultimately a reality competition. And the reason you keep watching reality competitions isn't to learn how to cook. It's to have villains and heroes in the cast that you can love and hate. That's why you keep watching, to find out who gets sent home and who has a disaster. Let's move on to the cinema this week. And Darren, you've been to see Lightyear. AKA the origin story of a toy, Buzz Lightyear. Did you know you wanted that one, Emily? Because I certainly didn't. I did when I found out that Chris Evans was going to be voicing it. Yeah, there we go. So there's (laughs) one of the issues. Um, I mean, it's evident in the opening titles why this film exists. It was the film that Andy, who was the original kid from Toy Story, fell in love with. And that's why he wanted a Buzz Lightyear toy. So that's why they brought this out. It is a bit of merchandising, perhaps, in some ways. But it's also really perfect for the space set romp that follows a kind of boy's own adventure of a trapped space ranger Buzz trying desperately to get to infinity and beyond as he tries to do his comrades back home but failing to learn the lessons of team playing. So you remember all of that stuff from the Toy Story films where Buzz was arrogant, Buzz was a little bit, oh, I don't want to play with you guys, I can do this all by myself. Chris Evans is sort of stuck in that role because that's what he has to do with this. There are some thrills to be had in Lightyear. There's a few of them here and there. But where Lightyear really fails for me, aside from a few moments of laughter from Taika Waititi, who's clearly there just simply to clown around, is the emotional beats don't hit their highs that it should do. And for a Pixar film, that's almost unforgivable these days. Well, I thought this was going to be like a fun boot camp workout thing. But it is not. Let's go back to Emily. And what's your second choice this week? I have been watching a Netflix film called Spiderhead, which was reportedly the reason why Netflix stopped giving uh, film productions unlimited budgets. It cost (laughs) over $100 million to make. Honestly, you can barely see that anywhere. Spiderhead wants to be a kind of slick, stylish, smart thriller. It's not really any of those things. It takes place in a locked facility, a penitentiary facility called Spiderhead, where Chris Hemsworth, Big Farmer Head, is uh, conducting experiments, drug trials on the inmates who are allowed a huge amount of freedom in exchange for being the subjects of these experiments. You know from the first minute that there's going to be a big twist coming. The big twist, when it turns up, is sort of just dumb 
Honestly, I have to say the whole movie, not worth it. Chris Hemsworth is the star. He's nice to watch. Beautiful people get away with too much. And I say that having benefited myself from time to time. It is from the same director as Top Gun Maverick. And looking at Top Gun Maverick still at the top of the box office next to this film, it's kind of easy to see which one he was putting the most effort into. Every week I share a classic cut. And this week... It's The Practice, that quite brilliant series that ran from 1997 to about 2003 and then suddenly became Boston Legal, completely switching tones. You think you know what the truth is? You're deciding who lives and who dies. These people got nobody else to turn to. All I need is one juror. Um, it's just arrived on Disney+. Plus. You can watch all eight seasons of it. To me... It was the anti-LA law. It kind of pulled things back from the glossy, uh, romanticised version of the American legal system, brought it to Boston, um, had a great cast, including Dylan McDermott, an amazing number of uh, guest stars that appeared over the years. But of course, it was more famous for sort of the legal twisting that went on. It was very much inspired by those John Grisham movies and books of the 90s uh, in a way that it seems hopeless for the innocent to be able to get out of trouble. And then there's a last minute cross-examine or a speech that suddenly turns the tide. And, and we used to have a saying in our household, which came direct from... Uh, Dylan McDermott's main character, which was, he just snapped. Look, without it, there would have been no Boston Legal, obviously, no Good Wife, no Good Fight, the excellent dramas that they are. David E. Kelly is probably at his highest point in this. He was busy making Ellie McBeal at the same time, which is even wackier. I've never ever seen an episode of this because legal dramas for me were spoiled by the fact that Murder One came out maybe a couple of years before that time. Yeah, Stephen Bochco led serial that basically took a case over an entire season and really gave the characters time to develop, the storyline to develop, and the twist to develop. And that has been the pinnacle of legal dramas for me. I'm not taking any further questions on this, and all objections to be overruled. The practice is one of the great ones, even if I think The Good Wife is the ultimate political slash legal drama. <laughs> Here's a reminder of what we've talked about today. This is going to hurt on TVNZ+. MasterChef New Zealand on 3. Lightyear in cinemas now. And Spiderhead on Netflix. And my classic cut is The Practice, now on Disney+. So that's us. I hope you've found some stuff to watch. We're back to our usual routine with the next episode released on Friday next week. In the meantime, subscribe to our newsletter by clicking on the link in any Stuff to Watch story on stuff.co.nz and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to my guests, Emily Brooks. Thank you. And Darren Bevan. I'm just off to have a meal cooked by Emily from watching MasterChef, so I'll share it with you later. And to producer Chris Reed, I'm James Crute, and I've been finding you Stuff to Watch. <laughs>